In this tape, Jim talks about his childhood experiences with the Archangel Gabriel and his process of waking up to his inner experiences. He also talks about how we can prepare ourselves for our own awakening. When I was six years old, I remember I was experiencing some things in my room at night. I wasn't so afraid of the dark. I was just afraid of what was in the dark. <laughs> dark didn't scare me. It was just those things that were in there. I remember one night I was laying there and I was watching and looking around. And sometimes I would see spiritual beings and sometimes I would just see things that were my imagination. The one thing I was ever present and aware of was my guardian angel. My guardian angel was always standing at the head of the bed at night. And if I could relax, I would be aware of its radiance, of its radiance coming into the room and protecting me. If I wasn't relaxed, I would get caught up in the world and I would truly see the darkness and everything that my imagination placed out there in it. One night, I can remember that I was really afraid. My brother was 13 years older than me and he loved to scare me. I mean, he loved to tease me, scare me, and he had all kinds of masks from different Halloweens over the years. And once in a while, he would put them on and jump out at me. Or he would do different things that would just totally <laughs> scare me. You know, just I'd go running to mom or running to dad or whatever. And once in a while, he would actually hide in the closet. And he would come out at night while I was going to sleep. So I never knew if it was him or if it was really a ghost or a goblin or if it was just my imagination. And I can remember this one night where I was in my room and it was dark and I was going to sleep and I knew my brother was not in the room because I learned after a while to always leave the closet door open and kind of look in there and see before I turn the lights out or before mom and dad turn the lights out, whichever it happened to be. And I was laying there and all of a sudden I was seeing all kinds of things in the dark and I was getting more and more afraid. I had this thing inside of me that I wouldn't let myself turn the light on. I was going to overcome the fear. And that was because my father said that that was the only way that I could overcome my fear was to sit in the dark until I realized there was nothing to be afraid of and then I wouldn't be afraid of the dark anymore. So I had created this challenge that I would not turn the light on. And I can remember minutes, not hours, but minutes sitting there going, I'm not going to turn the light on, I'm not going to turn the light on, I'm, not, I'm going to turn the light on. <laughs> you know, and it was, it was interesting, just that whole process. So this one night I was really in a fearful place. And finally I reached over to turn the light on, and it came on, and then it went out. You know how it burns out, it goes like that. And I was really afraid. <laughs> I wasn't going to get out of bed to go over and turn the light on on the wall switch because I knew there were things under the bed, and that's what I was afraid of. They were reaching up from underneath the bed to get me. Now I was really in trouble. So the only thing I could think of was to start calling for my mom or my dad to come in the room. So in my mind I was thinking, which one will I call? Who should I call? And just at that moment, I heard a voice in the room. And it said, fear not, the Lord is with thee. And I went, who was that? What was that? <laughs> you know, and they said, fear not, 
the Lord is with thee. When I heard the voice, I didn't really get the words. I didn't understand what the words really meant. But in the voice was an essence of peace and quiet. And it calmed me down. And it made me feel as though one of my parents had come in the room and turned the light on and everything was fine. And so as I began to relax, all of a sudden I was aware of that radiance, that essence of my guardian angel's light coming into the room. And it was in that time, in that moment, that I realized that my guardian angel was ever there, but I wasn't always aware of their presence. And that it was up to me to relax inside enough to where I could be aware of them being there. It was up to me to attune to them. It wasn't up to them to demonstrate their presence. And I realized in that moment that they were always there. So I can remember at that night turning around and looking and looking at my guardian angel and being aware of them. And then in the room again, I heard a voice and it said, fear not for the Lord is with thee. And I realized it wasn't my guardian angel talking. I thought maybe it had been. And I turned back around and there was another angel in the room. This angel came more forward to the foot of the bed and stood there. And he said, over 2,000 years ago, I shared this with another. And at that time, it was a presentation to one who was going to bring to the world a great gift. And that gift was a gift of love. And I come to you to bring you that same gift of love. And then he said, fear not, for the Lord is with thee. And he was gone. Well, I went, wow, what was that all about? You know, and there was peace and there was love. And I really felt it. I could feel that loving presence with me. Somehow that statement rang in my mind. I heard it before, but I didn't know where I'd heard it. And so I got up out of bed and I went into the living room and I asked my mom, that's who I usually ask about things like this, my dad would just look at me and go, yeah, you're weird. You're really weird. And that was his statement about my life. <laughs> Until he died, then he said, I like your weirdness. <laughs> but that was another story. <laughs> so I asked my mom, where does that come from? Did she know that statement? And she said, well, yes, that's the Christmas story. And she got the Bible out, and we went through, and we found in the Bible where the angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Fear not. When I heard that and she read it, I realized that what I was experiencing was something very profound. I didn't know what it was. And at six years old, you know, it's a very simplistic way of approaching life. But I knew that this was very significant. And my mother asked me after she read the whole story of, of the birth of Jesus, she said, why do you want to know this? What made you come out at this time of night and ask this? And I said, well, I was just thinking about things and I kind of thought about this and I wanted to find out where it came from. I couldn't get to sleep with it. 
So I went on back into my bedroom, and I realized that something very significant happened. And I remember laying down, and as I did, the light of my guardian angel came back out. It would always just like engulf my bed. My whole bed would just be filled with the light of the guardian angel. And then I heard the voice again. And it said, fear not, for the Lord is with thee. And I sat up in bed, and there was the angel again. And so I remember saying to the angel, I said, are you Gabriel? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, are you the one that told Mary these things? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, I'm not going to get pregnant, am I? (laughs) I did, I swear I did. (laughs) I thought I was going to give birth to a Christ child. (laughs) Well, I was six years old. I didn't know yet how that worked. So I really was kind of wondering, I mean, boy, oh boy. (laughs) So Gabriel began to share with me, not just in that night, but over several nights, some things. And in the sharing, he brought forward this understanding. He said, just as you were born in the world, you are to be born in spirit. This is your time to be born in spirit, the birthing, spirit is now present with you. He said, allow the birth to take place however it wishes to. I remember asking, you know, I thought I was going to give a physical birth. I mean, I, I was six years old and I'm going, how do I give birth? You know, what does that mean? And he said, let God do in you what he wants to do. Let God do it. So I just knew that I was going to let God do it, whatever that was. I was going to let God do it. And over the next few nights, he kept coming in. And then he said that everyone throughout all of creation will be born in the Spirit. It may not be at this time, but they will all be born in the Spirit as they have been born in the flesh. That the birth in Spirit is inevitable. There's no way not to be born into the Spirit. What I realized as I went through the next few days was that the birth of the Spirit is the awakening. It's where the Spirit begins to awaken and begins to have a life, awareness, into this creation, into this life experience. It's born into this awareness and begins to manifest itself here. And you begin to live more the spirit of who you are, rather than just the physicality of who you are, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the unconscious. And I can remember going through this whole process of awakening more and more into spirit over the days that came along. And one of the first ones that were really helping me to do this were the angels that came present. First it was Gabriel, And then the Archangel Michael came in. The two of them began to share with me different things about the birth of the Christ and what that means and who the Christ is for me. As that began to manifest in me and around me and I began to 
received this understanding, I realized that we are all Christ. But some of us are asleep. And some of us are just now awakening. And some of us have awakened, but we have retreated from that consciousness out of fear, out of apprehension, out of whatever reason, and have chosen back into our physical consciousness for whatever reason that might be. And we know that the loving is right there. We know our spiritual being is right there, but we choose not to be in it. And the one thing I got out of all of this was they kept saying every night to focus on that statement, fear not, for the Lord is with thee. And as I did that every night, that was my really my first, first mantra, if you will, in my prayer. Fear not, for the Lord is with thee. As I focused on that, all of a sudden I realized that the Lord is with me. And the Lord is with each one of us as our soul, that divine essence that we are. So why fear? Why fear if the Lord is with me? If the Lord dwells in me, if I am the living essence of the Lord, the living loving essence of the Lord, then why should I fear? That gave me a sense of courage, a sense of opportunity to step forward into things. And it was during those next few nights that I overcame my fear of darkness because I realized God was with me and I didn't have to fear, fear not. So then as I began to have these awakenings into this new being that I was becoming, this Christ, this soul that was awakening in me, I realized as I looked around, I began to see in certain people those that were awake and those that were asleep. I began to ask my mom, why did some people choose to sleep? Not realizing that I wasn't distinguishing between the physical sleep and the spiritual sleep. And my mother said, well, we don't choose to sleep. We need to sleep because we all get tired and we have to replenish the body. And she gave me this whole thing about sleep. Well, I interpreted that meaning spiritual. And so I thought, oh, some of us are spiritually tired. (laughs) You know, and some of us just got tired spiritually and we have to sleep. I can remember thinking that for quite a while. And I remember walking around, I was in first grade and I would see certain teachers and I'd see, you know, people and wherever we would go, and I'd see people who were sort of awake and drowsy in spirit and asleep in spirit. I can remember one night a teacher started coming in and talking to me because they did not want me to be in confusion. This is when I began to receive more what I would call direct teachings from spiritual teachers at that time. I have to admit, it scared me at first when these teachers started coming in because, well, when they were all men, they didn't always seem to be of the gentlest nature. They came from a place of loving, but some of them had sort of a sternness to them. And I wasn't quite sure what to do with them. 
And some of them looked very different from what I was used to. Some would appear as we would appear today in somewhat the same kind of clothing. And some would appear in robes and long beards and the whole thing. There was one teacher that came with a turban and you know, so on and so forth, just different ones. He began to explain to me that there was a difference between physical sleep and spiritual sleep. And that I was not seeing it clearly. And he began to help me to see it clearly. And what he would do is he would go like this on my forehead. And then he would say, now look around the room. And I would look around the room, and I would begin to see other things, lights and different things. And he would do that again. And he said, what I'm doing is I'm awakening your spiritual senses. He said, you have these physical senses. And I knew that because we were learning that in school. He said, but there's also the spiritual senses that also you have to become familiar with. And as you awaken spiritually, as you're born of spirit, you have to also then become familiar with that new being that you are in spirit and be aware of your senses, how you perceive, how you feel, how you see. And he began to work with me in that way. And these are the things that each of us go through, maybe unconsciously and maybe consciously just depending upon how spirit is working with us and how willing we are to work with spirit. But the key is, is the willingness. Are we willing to do what it takes to have these experiences manifest in our life consciously? Because they're going on unconsciously whether we know it or not. And I know that because I saw people who were awake quite awake spiritually because they had been born in the spirit, but they were doing it unconsciously. They were not aware of their birth in spirit. And they were not living it with awareness. So this one teacher, he would come back again and again and begin to awaken my spiritual senses more and more. Always he was calling me to wake up, wake up in the spirit wake up. And I didn't get it for a long time. I can remember thinking I was supposed to stay awake. You know, when you're a kid, you just do all kinds of funny things. Because he said, wake up, stay awake. Don't let yourself go to sleep. Well, he was talking about spiritually. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought I was going to give birth, and I thought I had to stay awake. <laughs> and I can remember going into my mom and dad's bedroom one night about 3.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I was just trying so hard to stay awake. And I was so tired. I walked in and I shook my dad's arm. You know, he woke up and I said, I can't stay awake. Uh, and he says, that's okay, dear. Just go back to sleep. <laughs> and I go, no, no, I can't go to sleep. I have to stay awake. And he went, no, you don't. Go back to sleep. It was so funny because he finally woke up and came in and he sat with me in bed and he started talking to me about different things and he told me a bedtime story and I could feel myself going to sleep, going to sleep and I'd, I'd just struggle so hard to try to stay awake and then I know I fell asleep because it was morning and all of a sudden I was waking up and I was so upset that I had fallen asleep. 
And I went into my dad and I said, Dad, Dad, you made me fall asleep. And he says, I know. I'm glad I got you to go back to sleep and rest. And I said, well, I didn't want to go to sleep. I was so upset that whole, <laughs> I'm going to forgive that little boy back there. I was so upset that whole day. And I remember going home. This is when I started my prayers. When I'd go home and my mom and dad weren't home yet and I would do my prayers. I remember praying for forgiveness, saying, oh, please forgive me for going to sleep. Please, please forgive me. That night then, the teacher came back and he began to explain to me that it was okay for my body to go to sleep, but I didn't have to go to sleep. And that's when I realized that there was two different things, that there really is the birth of the body and the birth of the spirit, that my body could go to sleep, but I didn't have to go to sleep. That was a wonderful awareness to have, is to have that awareness that the spirit is ever awake. The spirit is ever present and aware in every given moment. And it was in that time between the ages of six and nine that I began to realize that we can live a multidimensional consciousness. We can live and have experiences on all different levels at the same time. And we all do it all the time. The difference is that some of us remember it and have conscious knowing of it, and some of us don't. But we're doing it anyway. When you go to sleep at night, where do you go? Well, I go to bed. But where do you go after you go to bed? Well, I go to sleep. Where do you go after you go to sleep? I don't know. I guess I go to dreamland. The key is, is to begin to stay awake in your awakening state you can, in spirit, have conscious awareness 100% of the time. And you can be here in the body, asleep in the body, and then travel out of the body with conscious awareness, because you do it anyway, just unconsciously. And I'll explain that in a minute, why that happens. Or, well, let me put it this way. Right now, there are several of you that aren't, consciously aware of what's going on in this room because your consciousness is elsewhere. You're focused somewhere else and having experience there, but you don't know what you have going on, so you're sort of unconscious. You may be drowsy, you may be asleep at this level, and you're having experience elsewhere. It's funny because when people go to sleep in a room like this, in a class like this, I don't get upset because I just know that they're having experiences elsewhere and better off that they're there because they're going to have greater experiences than they're going to have here. It's going to be an expansion of whatever that is that's going on. They're going to have an expansion of that. And so I say, God bless that and let it be. But wouldn't it be great if you could be aware here in the physical body and at the very same time be aware of what's going on in the inner levels? That's what I'm doing right now. As I'm looking around here and looking at all that's going on here, I'm really looking up here. And it's funny because right now I'm looking up here <laughs> and being aware of the teachers, the angels, those that are present. And there are souls here. It's interesting because three teachers came in at first and they brought their classes with them. Then beyond that, other teachers and classes came present on other realms. And we have 
a lot of people here tonight on inner levels learning as well about awakening. And what this awakening is, it's the awakening of the Christ. Awakening of that child of God that you are. Awakening into the Christ consciousness. Jesus was a great example of what the Christ looks like. He came in and he lived it fully, physically, for us to look at and say, wow. And then he said, and this too you shall do. And greater than this shall you do. And yet we go, oh, no, no, that, that's not what that really means. I can't do that. But yet the Christ in you does it all the time and can do it all the time. But it's a matter of us awakening to it, being born in the Spirit. But how do you get born in the Spirit? How does that happen? How do you get pregnant in the Spirit? <laughs> so that you can give birth to the Spirit. Well, it really, is, it really is in God's timing. It isn't ours. It really is in God's timing. God has a timing for our awakening. Remember, we are divine. We are an essence of God in manifestation here. Seated here is the soul. But that's just a part of the greater divinity that we really are in the spirit. And it's in God's timing that we awaken into the second birth, the birth of the spirit. And that birth takes place when we, as the divine here, have experienced what we came into this world to experience fully. And in that full experience, now it's time for the soul to wake up in the fullness of its knowing of itself at this level, and then begin to awaken that experience on all the levels back into the very soul and carry it back into soul awareness. And so it's in God's timing that we wake up in the soul, that we are born again in spirit. But how can we become pregnant so that that birth can take place for us? We can actually create that for ourselves by calling forward to God, creating a space for God, allowing God in, can create that place where the birth can take place. You know, when a couple come together and they decide that they're going to have a child, there are things that they do to bring about a physical birth. And sometimes they have challenges or difficulty in getting pregnant. And so then there's other things that they have to do in order to bring about the receptivity of that. So it is with us. If we want to awaken and be born in the Spirit, it's up to us to create the opportunity, to create that place where the pregnancy, if you will, can take place, where the birthing can take place. We don't do that in the world. We don't do it by outer action. It's all done on the inner. It's an inner action because it's an inner process. The spirit is inside. It isn't out here. The spirit is inner. So we must go inside and prepare a place. So prayer, meditation, self-study, service, these are the ways 
by which you begin to prepare a place. The greatest way to do that is through prayer slash meditation. Some people may call it prayer. Some people may call it meditation. I've always said it prayer meditation because I remember when I was thinking about becoming a Catholic priest and I would go to the Oblate Seminary in San Antonio where I lived. I would sit and we would talk and I was discovering what it would be like to be in the seminary and whether I really wanted to become a priest or not and what the requirements were and if I qualified and just talking back and forth. And I remember sitting with this nun that was in a convent nearby. We were talking one day and I said, how do you pray? And she began to tell me her prayers. And she shared with me very confidentially some of her experiences. And she said, these are the inner way. These things that I'm sharing with you now are the inner way. She knew about the inner awakening and the inner birth, the birth of the Spirit. And she shared with me some very profound things that I had never heard anybody else ever, ever, ever express at this level in the physical before. And she knew all about it. She talked about what she called the living dead. They were in the body, but their spirit was dead. It was asleep. And they walked around not knowing who they really were. And she said that her mission in life was just to go around and give them hope and give them faith, and give them trust, and inspire them in some way to begin that inner search. In asking her, she said, the only way I know how to do it is to live it. I live it, and if somebody comes up and asks me, such as you have, I share it. But I don't share it with anybody and everybody. The Mother Superior in my own convent doesn't know this. The priests here at the seminary don't know this because they do not ask. She said, you asked, so I'm sharing this with you. And I learned a lot. What I learned later was that she was really going into very deep meditative states of consciousness. She called it prayer. And that's where I really learned the significance of the rosary and the beauty of of that prayer and focusing on something to begin to take you into deeper places. The thing here to do is to look and see what are you doing in your inner kingdom? What are you doing to create a space, to prepare a place where that child can be born? It's very interesting that when I was six years old, the angel Gabriel came to me and said, Fear not, the Lord is with thee. And out of that came the whole story of the birth of the Christ. And that's what I began to focus on, was the birth of Jesus and looking at what that meant. And the one thing I learned was it really is the birth takes place inside. And I began to look at the symbols about the birth of Jesus. And the one thing that stood out more than anything else was that Mary and Joseph had to go into this little cave where the animals were. And there, the Christ child was born. And I remembered that in my prayers, I often would go into this cave. I would find this mouth of the cave, and I would sit 
at the mouth of this cave, looking out at the world out there in spirit. So I remember very clearly one day when I was in my prayers and I found myself sitting at the mouth of the cave looking out, I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn around and look inside the cave and see what's in there. I'm not afraid of the dark. I turned around and I looked inside. And in the cave was me. That was where I reside, the spirit of me. And all of a sudden, I realized the significance of that symbol of the Christ child was born in a cave and laid in a manger. They prepared a place for the Christ to be laid after the birth. And I realized that it's up to each of us to prepare a place. But first we have to go inside, go into that cave, inside, here, to this spiritual center, at the third eye, and go in. You go up and back. And in that cave, you will find yourself giving birth, if you will. You will see the spiritual birth of the consciousness of who you truly are. It awakens. And that spiritual child in you, the eyes open and looks around and begins to be aware in a new way, a new level of consciousness. And it's from that place that you're loving begins to come forward. And it's from that place that you know then, fear not, for the Lord is with you. You are the Lord. Your soul is the Lord manifested in you. So the practice of prayer meditation is a very significant part of that awakening. Now, earlier on I talked about when you go to sleep at night, where do you go? When you go to sleep at night, what happens is your focus, your awareness, travels to a particular chakra center in the body. These chakras are spiritual vortexes, or centers in the body. You will travel out of one of those centers, depending upon where your consciousness is focused at that time, and have experience in other realms beyond the physical. What you want to do is to hold your attention to this spiritual heart, this place where the soul resides, and awaken here, or at least, if not awaken here, hold your attention here as you go to sleep at night so you travel in your soul body out into the realms of life. Because what can happen is this. You have a physical body, and you have different centers, which are called chakras. And what they are, they are vortexes of energy. They are whirling circles of energy that feed the body. There's spiritual life coming in and feeding the physical body, life essence. When we die, these centers close down, all the life essence retreats back up to the top of the head and retreats, and the body just lays there, dead. Have you ever been with somebody who is dying, and their feet get cold, then their legs get cold, 
then their torso gets cold, their hands get cold. What you're witnessing is the life force beginning to withdraw, going up to the top of the head. And then when all the life force is taken up to this place, the soul retreats. And it just doesn't come back anymore. Well, at night, when you go to sleep, the same thing happens. Your life essence begins to go to one of these centers, to go out. Now, if you're real caught up in the emotions and living more in emotions, you're going to probably have your focus of attention and awareness go here to the solar plexus, to the mind of the emotions. That's where the mind of the emotions sit. And you'll travel out in your astral body. Or you may be more mental and then you're going to find yourself going more up into the throat where the seat of the mind sits. And depending upon where we are focused, that's where we're going to go out. Then there is the spiritual mind that really encompasses all of that. If we are practicing a form of meditation or going within and bringing our attention here and holding it, when we go to sleep at night, then that's where we will go and travel out. So we'll go out on our soul body, our spiritual body, and have experience. But what happens is that right around the physical body is, and really not around the physical body, is the double etheric. And the double etheric is the lowest spiritual body frequency vibration-wise that we have before the physical body. And it's the double etheric that is the shell. It is the pattern upon which this physical body is made up on. It carries the key design for how we look and where the cells are going to go and manifest. And that double etheric is also an unconscious body. It is an unconsciousness. It's part of the etheric. The etheric is the realm of unconscious. So if we have not broken through that veil of unconsciousness, when we leave the physical body and go out, we first go through a state of unconsciousness and our consciousness does not maintain awareness when it comes back. We go out and we have full awareness and experience. We can go out there and we can have all kinds of wonderful spiritual adventures. And then we come back and we come back through that veil of unconsciousness and it's like everything kind of drops away and we come back and go, oh, oh, wow, that was a good night. Only if I could remember what happened. And it's because we have not broken through that veil of unconsciousness. We have not created a pathway for our awareness to travel through that unconsciousness. We haven't learned to stay awake on all those levels. The only way you're going to do that is to go within and wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I can remember when I got my first tape recorder. It was a big old thing with the reels, you know, and the whole thing. I just begged my parents for it. You know, I just wanted a, I wanted a tape recorder. So they thought I was going to take music. They didn't know what I wanted, but I wanted this tape recorder. So I got it for Christmas. And the first thing I did on that tape was I made this tape. And on the tape, it was quiet, except for every 10 minutes I went, wake up, wake up, 
And then it went on for a while. And then I'd go, wake up, wake up. And that's how I used to tell myself when I was meditating to wake up. Well, it was clever. It worked. <laughs> I did all kinds of things just to, to, to make this work. Because I found as I got older, I began to get caught up in the world again. When I was a child, all this was wonderful. and It was just right there. I mean, it was just right there. It was so much more right there than this, even. It was more real than this table. But as I got older and my attention went more into the world called through hormones, I began to become less aware. I began to go asleep a little bit to that spiritual presence. In a way, it was good because being so spiritually focused as a child and not really having a full understanding of it and not being able to explain it to other people and asking questions that they really didn't understand and couldn't answer. And oftentimes that would cause them fear or concern or wonder. It was kind of nice to have that kind of withdraw for a little while and to have my interest more in the world. But then all of a sudden I realized I was missing something. I wanted something. What was it I was missing? Oh, you know what? I used to see these angels all the time. Where are they? Hey, hey guys, where'd you go? These teachers were coming in and talking to me. Oh yeah, here's my journals. And I would start reading them again and go, God, I want that again in my life. And I went, how did I get that? How do I get it back? And I was still aware of things, but I wasn't living it to the fullness that I wanted to live it all of a sudden. I turned to this one page. It said at the very top of the page, as I woke up in spirit and I read the experience and I turned the page and I read a few more and then all of a sudden there was another one and as I awoke and I saw inwardly, turned the page again and all of a sudden there was this, all these statements about waking up, waking up, waking up. And that's why I wanted that tape recorder. It was very funny. My dad was very curious about what was I taping. So one day, he came home while I was at school and he turned the tape recorder on to see what was on this tape. And it was nothing for a long time and all of a sudden it was, wake up, wake up. <laughs> and it was silent a little while and then, wake up, wake up. I don't know why I always did it in twos, but I did. So I remember sitting at the dining room table that night. Or I don't know if it was that night, that day that he did it, but anyway, we were sitting at the dining room table one night and my dad said, why would you say wake up to yourself? And I didn't know he'd heard the tape. So I said, well, I guess you might want to wake up so that you're more aware of things. You're more present with what's going on in your life. And he goes, so why do you want to wake up? And all of a sudden I went, what? <laughs> I said, why do you want to know why do I want to wake up? I'm awake. And he goes, then why did you make that tape about waking up? So I had to try to explain to him. That's what I'm talking about. You know, here you are, a teenager, and you don't have the vocabulary, you don't have the outer teachers that have given you the understanding, and you're trying to express something very profound, and you're speechless in a way. I mean, how do you start talking about, 
Well, the angel Gabriel came in and said, fear not, the Lord is with thee. And, and I had to wake up and I had to become spiritually born. And you can be born spiritually too. And then you have to go into this cave. And in the cave you wake up. But first you have to prepare a place for the Christ child to lay in. And, you know, <laughs> I'm lucky I'm not in the hospital right now, committed somewhere. <laughs> So I finally, I don't know how I explained it, really. I don't know what I explained it. But anyway, I got out of it. I'm still here. (laughs) So that's what I did. And that's what we all have to do is wake up, is wake up to the spirit that we are. However we do it. And it's find those techniques that work. And this nun told me a very interesting story. She said that she tried praying in many different positions. She even tried sitting cross-legged, and she said that that didn't work for her, even though she knew in the East that that was a a very strong tradition of meditation. And she tried sitting down, and she said she'd go to sleep. So she said, I finally learned that praying on my knees was the best way, because when I go to sleep, I'd fall over, and then I'd wake up. So I thought, well, that'd be a nice way to do it. I thought, but boy, my knees hurt after 15 minutes. (laughs) And my whole focus was on my knees. (laughs) I wasn't focused here at all. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) You know, I was waking up to my knees. (laughs) And I realized that that was below any area that I wanted to wake up in. (laughs) So I figured that wasn't going to work for me. For me... Sitting up was the way that did it best. I found for me laying down, I would go to sleep. As I was growing up then, I began to realize that I had allowed this opening that I had created to sort of close down. And I wasn't staying conscious as I went out. I remember reading all these materials and these books and about the cave and everything, and I remember it, and I'd go, oh, yeah. God, I forgot all about that. And I would sit down, and I would begin to try to go back into these experiences. Until finally one day, I was, I was sitting in meditation, and I felt this tap on my shoulder. And I thought, oh, you know, it was my parents, one of my parents, or my brother. And I remember kind of looking up, and there was nobody there in the physical, but in the spirit, there was this woman standing there. And it was like a real surprise, because... I hadn't seen many women teachers coming to me that way. She said, don't go backwards. I didn't understand that. Don't go backwards, you know, I mean, physically backwards, don't go backwards. So I I said, what do you mean? What does that mean? She said, the experiences of the past are the experiences of the past. Go for what is now. Experience what is now for you to experience. If being in an unwakeful state is part of your experience right now, experience it and find out what that is. And then find the way to awaken now. Don't look back at how you woke up, but find out how to awaken now. And that was very significant because some of these experiences I had early on were very, very profound for me. And I was trying to recapture. I was trying to go back and have it once again. I was going to do it again. And she was telling me that you can't go back and do it again. 
You do whatever is present for you right now. Well, for me right then was this unawakeful state. All of a sudden, I was living more in my teens through my hormones, through the physical body, through all of that, and I wasn't living so much the spirit. And so I began to realize that maybe that's what I needed to do. Maybe that's what this was about. I needed to go forward then and experience what that was all about. I had experienced the other, and now it was time to experience the physical more. And so I did that. And I can remember doing that for quite a while, and all of a sudden one day, I was on the school bus going to school, and there was this vision. When that happened, it really startled me. I mean, you're on a school bus full of school kids going to school, noisy talking, you're talking to somebody else, and all of a sudden there's this like, whoa. And that was the beginning of my second awakening. Now, it wasn't my second birth. The birth had happened a long time ago, and the awakening with that birth took place. But I was reawakening once again into the spirit. In the vision, it showed me that it was important for me to have experienced the separation, to know what that separation was, and to know what it was to be caught up in the physical world, to be caught up in the desires of that physical world, and to have a sense of being cut off or shut off from my spiritual self, in a sense, feel that lostness that a lot of people go through down here, so that I could understand that as well. They showed me that that was a part of our experience, to feel the separation, so that we would honor the spirit more when we begin to awaken into it, that we would realize that loving, I remember one time I asked a Sunday school teacher, why do we have to have pain? And she said, without the pain, you don't really know joy. But through the pain, we better understand the qualities of joy. I didn't understand that for the longest time until I saw this experience of being caught up in the physical world and feeling lost and cut off just all of that that goes down here. And I think a lot of us understand that. And then I realized that it was through that experience that I realized the beauty of spirit and how precious spirit was and how that's what we all are really looking for is the spirit in us, the spirit of God, the spirit of loving, the spirit of peace. But we have to come down here and in a sense be cut off of it for a while so that we begin to really honor and know what it is we really want to the point that we will do anything and everything we can to get it. With these experiences then, I began to wake up once again, but with a greater respect and reverence and loving for the spirit that I was waking up to again. I began to have greater appreciation for my life because of all that. And I began to really honor all that was going on in this physical body and in this physical world in a way that I hadn't up until then. Because I saw how profound this physical realization is, this realm is. How profound it is because this is where we can learn and grow so much more than on any other level.
We can experience it all right here and grow so quickly here. And it brought a reverence to this life. It helped me to understand something. I was talking to a man. I was counseling some people in New York City. And he was one of the first people ever diagnosed with AIDS. There was a group of individuals in San Francisco that had been diagnosed with AIDS. And then they discovered another group in New York. And he was one of the first ones in New York City to be diagnosed. And we were sitting around talking. And and he knew that, you know, he was going to die. Because at that time, I mean, they didn't really have any way to help anyone with AIDS. We were sitting around talking. He says, you know, what is this all about? Why, why do I have AIDS? What, what is this about? And I remember this beautiful teacher appearing behind him. This teacher said that in another lifetime, he committed suicide. He committed suicide because he didn't honor life. He didn't see the value of life. And that he had been given the gift of AIDS in this lifetime so that he would honor and value life. And he says, oh my God, boy, that's true. He said, I really do see the value of life here. And I want it. I want it more than anything else. I said, you have it. Then do it now. Do life now. Don't look out there and say, well, I'm only going to live five years, so what the hell? I said, live today. Honor the life you have today. Love it today. And he began this whole movement in New York City that really connected with Louise Hayes, and this whole healing project that still, well, I don't know if it still exists, but it did exist a few years ago in New York, that he was one of the founders of. It was called Honor and Love Who You Are. And I realized in that moment what I had received as a gift of life. I had received the blessing to see the value of my life on all levels. I also saw how when I was awakening spiritually, I kind of devalued the physical. It was like, oh, pooh, that's nothing. Look at all this. And then I got trapped in all this, and then I began to hate all this, and I was longing for that. And then one day, I woke up to the value of this world and the experiences of this world, and I began to honor it. But then I realized that there were a lot of experiences to be had on all the levels. And I wanted to wake up on all the levels. And I can remember turning to one of the first teachers that came to me after I woke up after that experience of that vision, saying, how do I wake up? You know, what do I do? And that's when I got the tape recorder. Because all that the teacher would say to me is, wake up. Wake, and that's why I did it twice. Because he said, wake up, wake up. <laughs> That's why I did it twice. And so that's what I did. I woke up. And that's what we're all doing all the time anyway, whether we know it or not, with every little experience we have. And they may seem very little, but they're really not. Every experience we have is magnificent. And that magnificence isn't a measurement of size or proportion. Every experience is magnificent. 
And with every experience, we are awakening. But for some of us, it's a gradual awakening because we haven't prepared in ourselves a place where God can bring forth that second birth. We haven't prepared a place of love, a place of forgiveness, a place of acceptance. Love God before all things. Have no other God before me. Not money, not lust, not possessions of any kind, not titles, just God. And love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, your spirit. And love your neighbor as yourself. If you just begin to focus on those three statements and begin to live those three and begin to look and see how to do that for yourself, you will begin to prepare a place where that second birth will take place inside of you. And I will say this. All of you have had a second birth. You just don't know it. You haven't allowed yourself to wake up at this level consciously to the fact that you already are born again, spiritually. I couldn't go out on the street and say that to everybody. That's why I looked up for a second to make sure. (laughs) I went, I said, are you sure it's everybody? And he said, it's everybody. So you've prepared a place, and that birth has taken place. And maybe some of you even have a memory of a distant dream, maybe many years ago, where you dreamt about giving birth. You gave birth to a child. Now, for women, that may not be so unusual to dream about giving birth. But there may have been something very significant about this particular birth, that you remember that one, that experience. And men, you may have had experiences of giving birth. You may have had a dream where you were actually in a female form giving birth, or you may have been in the male form in a dream state giving birth. Wondering, what the hell is this? (laughs) How did I get this condition? (laughs) That may have been that spiritual birth taking place. And you may have that recall in some way. And I'm not going to say raise your hand and tell me yes or no. It doesn't matter. And I don't want you demonstrating to the room, oh, yes, I have, I have. Because then it makes others feel like, oh, God, why didn't I remember that? This isn't a game of one-upmanship or bettermanship. We are all equal. We are all born the Lord. We are all born the Lord. We aren't this physical body. We are the Lord. And if you can just get it out in your head, you are born the Lord, live the Lord, be the Lord that you are. I'm Lord Jim. <laughs> he even made a movie about it. <laughs> But be the Lord that you are. You are already born the Lord, so live it. And that means live the loving. Live the loving. Live the loving. There is nothing else to do. Yeah, when you're in a physical body, 
you got to go to work and make the money to feed the body, to dress the body and house the body. You do all those things because that's part of the responsibility at this level. But that's not what this life is about. This life is about loving, awakening to the loving and living in the loving and choosing back into the loving when you're not doing that. And there's going to be a lot of times when you're not living in the loving. I can guarantee it. And if you find a way to live 100% of the time in the loving, please come and I'll sit at your feet to learn from you because I want to do it 100% and I don't. I will learn from anyone, anywhere, so that I can become the greater being that I am. Now, my greater being isn't going to become greater, but I want to wake up into that and live it more. Go within. Live from within. Live through the eyes of the Christ that you are. The spiritual eyes. And let the Spirit lead you. Let the Spirit guide you and direct you. And you learn that over time, which voice to follow. Because there's a lot of voices in here, believe me. There's a lot of voices in here. And there's a lot of voices in here I will not follow. Because if I did, I'd be walking down another street right now, doing a lot of other things that these voices would want me to do, and it would be taking me away from my loving, not into it. So it's learning to follow that voice of the Lord inside. I'm going to go ahead and close with this. And I think with what I've talked about, this actually works real well. This is something that came about through our workshop last weekend. Somebody said this. I live to love God and I love to live God inside me. I think that that says it right there. And if we are doing that, then we're doing all that we came here to do.